Yisro. Number one, the reason why. The Parsha begins with Yisro coming to be with Klal Yisro, with the Jews in the desert. Vaishma Yisro Kohen Sein Moshe. And Yisro, the father in law of Moshe, the Kohen of Midian, uh, so he heard. Everything that Hashem did for Moshe and for his nation Israel. Because Hashem took the Jews out of Egypt. On this Rashi says, he quotes the Gemara. Ma uh, Shmua Shomaova. What did Yisro hear? What was the Shmua that Yisro heard? Kriyas Yamsuf Omelchemes Amalek. He heard about how Hashem split the Red Sea in such a miraculous fashion, and how He helped the Jews to force this ver- defeat this very formidable enemy Amalek. He heard that and he came. So all the commentators ask, "What do you mean he heard about Kriyas Yamsuf and Melchemes Amalek?" The pasuk says what he heard. He heard Ki Hosi Hashem Es that Hashem took the Jews out of Egypt. So why does Rashi even ask? Mashmua Shamaova. The Pasik says it, the Pasik answers it. The Divrishol explains that yes, Hashem took the Jews out of Egypt, but he could have done it for either of two reasons. Hashem could have taken the Jews out of Egypt as a punishment to the Egyptians, or he could have taken the Jews out of Egypt as a benefit to the Jews. So which one was it? So Yisro could not have been sure, we know, but Yisro could not have been sure why Hashem did it, uh, th- from the fact that he, the, Hashem took the Jews out of Egypt, but once he saw that Hashem continued to do miracles for the Jews through Kriyas Yamsov and Mechemes Amalek, then Yisro knew that the fact that Hashem took the Jews out of Egypt was for the benefit of the Jews. So once he heard about Kriyas Yamsov and Mechemes Amalek, then Yisro really knew Kiyotzi Hashem es Yisrael Mimitzrayim. Number two, the important stuff. When Yisro recommends to Moshe that Moshe institute a, a structure of courts with Moshe at the top, uh, Yisro recommends in Shmos Yidches Chavbeis, Vahayakol Hadavar Hagadol Yavi'u any of the big matters they'll bring to you to Moshe, Vahol Hadavar Hagaton Yishpituheim, and any small matters they, the courts, will, uh, will judge. When Moshe actually implements it, it says in Pazach Havav, as Hadavar Hakasheh. Yevi'un el Moshe, the difficult matters they'll bring to Moshe, v'chal ha-davar ha-katon yishputuhem, and the small matters they, the courts, will judge. When Yisra recommends it, he says that the big matters should go to Moshe. When it's actually implemented, the difficult matters go to Moshe. Rav Chaim Berlin, quoted in the Panini Mishochan Gavoa, uh, explains that in secular court, in the secular ethics, in the non-Jewish ethics, there is a, such a thing as a large, small claims court and a large claims court. Small claims are small matters. Large claims, they go to the higher courts. However, in halacha, there's no difference. If you, if you steal one pruta, if you steal a hundred, hundred prutas, uh, it doesn't matter. Uh, each one, each pruta is taken seriously. Any kind of di- disagreement, financial disagreement, is taken seriously because it's someone's money. And therefore, when Yisrael recommends it, he says, Moshe, you deal with the large claims. But in halacha, there's no difference between a large claim and a small claim. Rather, Moshe deals with the more difficult cases. Number three, he's the man. When Yisrael came to Klal Yisrael, uh, Moshe went out to greet him, and it says, They bowed down, they kissed each other, and each one asked about each other's welfare. But if you look carefully, the language is not clear whether it's plural or singular. Are both of them doing them, or is one of them doing them? Rashi says, I don't know who bowed down to whom. 
Uh, when it says a man to his fellow, ish the Moshe. Moshe is called an ish, a man, as it says, and therefore it was Moshe who bowed down and who greeted Yisrael. And the commentators ask, uh, what do you mean? Yisrael is also called an ish. Vayol Moshe Lashevis is a ish. There, ish refers to Yisrael, and Moshe is called ish many times. Why does Rashi specifically quote in Bahalosa where it says Vayish Moshe Anav Meod, referring to his humility? And the Chasam Sofer says uh, that this is connected to Gemara and Kiddushin Lam and Gemalam and Base, where the question is whether a father. Uh, should stand up for his son, who is not only Talmud Chacham, but the father's Rebbe. So on the one hand, the father he's a father, so it's the mitzvah kibbut of aim, of honoring your parents, so the son should stand up for the father. On the other hand, the son is the Talmud Chacham and the Rebbe. Uh, he, he taught the father Torah, therefore the father should have to stand up for the son, uh, who was his Rebbe. Um, so, so too here, says the Chasim Sofer, on the one hand, Yisra was a father-in-law, so Moshe should have to go out and greet him. On the other hand, Moshe was a Rabban Shalkol Yisrael. He was a Rebbe, he taught Torah to everybody. So he was Yisra's Rebbe, so Yisra should have to greet him. So therefore, Rashi quotes the Pasuk, Va'ish Moshe Anav Ma'od, Moshe was the most humble of all people, and therefore he reduced himself, he lowered himself, and he went out to greet and to bow to Yisra as a show of humility. Number four, fear conquers all. One of the Ten Commandments in Shmos, Chof Yedalad, is Lo Sachmod, do not covet, do not desire. But the commentators ask, how can you control desire? Desire is something that's beyond your control. Uh, so how can the Torah command us not to desire something when that feeling, that emotion, is out of our control? The Beis Halevi explains uh, with a parable, with a mashal, that uh, let's say someone's running outside in the snow, it's a beautiful day, a lot of snow and everything, and you're running, you're having fun, you really just want to go fast, and then suddenly you slip on some ice. And then in that moment, as you're about to fall or trying to control yourself from falling, you don't have any desire, you don't have any joy, or you don't have any wants, all you have is fear, fear that you might fall. A little fear, even the fear of falling, eliminates all of your desire. Says the Beis Levi too, if you had a little bit of fear uh, of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, if you feared Hashem, you truly believed and you felt it and you feared the punishment of sinning, so then you, would, you'd be able to, you wouldn't have any desire, any covet of anything uh, f- uh, forbidden, because that fear chases away the desire. And that's why the, in Devarim, in Parshish Ekev, in Devarim, Yud Yud Beis, it says, Ma Hashem Elokecha Shol Meimach, what does Hashem ask from you? Only to fear. If you have that, even a little bit of fear, then you're able to control your desires. Number five, backwards and forwards. At Harsinai, the revelation was so strong that it came out in a strange way. That Shmos Chaf Tesvav says, And all the nation saw the voices. Commentators ask, how can you see a sound? You can hear it, you can't see it. Rav Avigdor Nebensal, in his Mitzion Michal Yofi, explains based on a story from the Briskarov. The Briskarov used to describe the difference between the Vilnagon and his student, Reb Zalmala Vil- uh, in the following way. Reb Zalmala Volozhner, Reb Zalman of Volozhner, the brother of Reb Chaim of Volozhner, who unfortunately passed away young, he knew the Torah so well, said the Briskarov, that he could recite anything by heart, any place in the entire Talmud, Midrash, anywhere. He knew it all by heart. The Vilna Gaon, however, not only could he say it, he could say it backwards and forwards. 
But what's what's the big deal for the Briskorov? What's the big deal about being able to see it backward to to say it backwards and forwards? Uh, you you you'd only want to see it forwards. Why would anyone ever want to see it backwards? So he explained that no, the Vilna Gon knew it as if it was written on paper. When you're when you're speaking, when you when you're saying something, you have to say it in order. But when you're reading, you could read backwards or you could read forwards. So the Vilna Gon knew the Torah so well, he knew it as if it was written on his heart, and he could read it in his mind. So with this, we can understand when the Jews saw the voices, uh, saw the sounds at Har Sinai, it's not that they saw something that was not physical, it's they knew the Torah so well, it's as if they could see it in writing and they could read it backwards and forwards. Five quick divrei Torah on the parsha with Rabbi Gil, student of TorahMusings.com. <laughs> 